When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus. And now you'll start to see Fable and Folly Network shows are offering bonus content to all existing and new supporters. Find exclusive new episodes from shows like Where the Stars Fell, The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program, and Civilized. Plus, early access to new episodes of Midnight Burger, all still entirely ad-free. Sorry, I'm closing up. You're gonna, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to leave, little guy. Oh, but I can't. I, 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 I'm trying to find my way back home. It's getting, it's getting too dark, and there's, there's, uh, there's orcs out there. And... I, know, I know. Look, I know you've been saying this over and over and over your thimble there, but uh, look, I, I gotta close up. You either gotta rent a room or, you know what? There, look, there's uh, there's some adventurers that are staying in the oh. the the barn. Maybe they'll let you crash with them. They've already paid for the bond. Oh, 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 okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check, check it, check it out, and see if I can, can't get them to help me. That, that, that's, that's the, the closet, uh, the back door. Uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Uh, uh, which way? That way? Oh, I don't uh, know how no, doors that's work. That's the washroom. No, no, no. The, the back. Here, I'll open it. For th- you. Th- there you go. Thank you, guy. Gerald. Yep. There you go. Hey everyone, welcome to dm to gm the podcast where we help you get your game started and start playing today. I am your GM, Sean Howard, from The End of Time and Other Bothers. And I'm your DM from Dungeons and Dragons, Russ Moore. And we've got a fun episode, it might be two, it might be three episodes, where we decided to uh, sort of throw out some prompts of how we could, seven ways we could create a fun session where blank, blank, blank happens. Some of these, I think, were me when I may have had a little bit too much to drink one night and I was just sending. Yeah. So we actually couldn't really interpret them. So we were just making up adjectives on the spot. Uh, So tell us, what's our first challenge, Russ? Our first challenge in a very uh, BuzzFeed listicle kind of way is seven ways you can create a fun session with a bar and a lost goblin. (laughs) So what you just heard was us without any talking, just starting to improvise that. Uh, So that was the opening to our Lost Goblin uh, table. So let's say, uh, so you're going to hear us how we might prep for this session. So the idea is, um, we've come up with the idea, uh, maybe Sean's a little hungover, (laughs) the the table's going to be here in 30 minutes or 15, and the only thing I've come up with is uh, a lost goblin and 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 they're and that the party's at a bar or a tavern somewhere. Sure. So, 
Uh, what are the seven ways we could create a fun session with our table with that idea? Well, as our scene set up, the lost goblin could be running from something, but can't find his way, his or her way back home uh, without crossing through this horde of orcs or pack of chimera or I don't know if there's packs of chimera, but maybe there is in your world. Um, but there's something stopping this goblin. So the goblin is presenting this offer of adventure. I love that. So the goblin needs to get somewhere and is sort of defenseless. And you're hoping that the party will take pity on them. Fingers crossed. Right. So that, but that would set up how we would play that goblin, right? We would set it up emotionally, right? Like you were playing that goblin like, oh, but I, I'm not sure how to, right? Like, yeah, just uncertain, uh, nervous because they know that if they get kicked out by this bar owner that they have to now go confront this by themselves. Yeah. Um, Sean, as the bar owner, uh, Gerald uh, saw this and is like, well, actually, adventurers can go get, you know, and then go find the adventurers and present them this offer uh, of goblin needing escort. Right. So so one way to play this goblin is sort of needy and hoping that you can you can rely on the like the emotional heartstrings of your party to help this little guy. And so now you've got basically this whole session, like helping this little guy get wherever. I'm pretty sure you and I would also be quick to have like my brain instantly, Russ, wants to make this be something nefarious. Like the goblin's not as innocent as they're pretending to be. Oh, absolutely. Um, because because as much as we all play lovely goblins in game and people attached to them uh, because they're exuberant characters, yep. it's also set up in, you know, in most uh, games that you're going to play that goblins are considered evil characters or characters that uh, try to lure or trap other beings. So yep. that could... The, the goblin needing escort for legitimate reasons, there's one possible way. The yep. gob, goblin needing escort because they're trying to pull these adventurers into a trap, there's your number two. That's number two idea. Third idea is uh, the goblin is running from something. So the goblin needs to get to their home. So there's these orcs or whatever, or chimeras, uh, and they're they're desperate to get the party to help them because... They're running from something. And that running from something could be um, they're being hunted because they're a goblin and there's nothing wrong with them. They've done nothing wrong. Again, pull on the heartstrings. Or they've stolen something. <laughs> they've done something bad in the town and the guard is coming and they need to get these players to help them pronto. That sounds very much like a character I brought onto Dungeons. It sounds exactly <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, so that's four. We're at four. Yeah, Ogru. It's okay, guys. It's all good over here. Yeah, don't don't worry. They, they won't catch up to us. Uh, okay, so that's four. Okay, three more ways you're gonna let's let's take uh so then it's always fun to just throw a left hand curve. Like we know we have a goblin. What was the setup? We have a goblin and oh. a bar and a lost goblin. Um what if it's okay, it's a lost statue of a goblin. The bar is is actually uh uh like the guards, the, the bar itself is basically built around an altar to the Goblin King, and the statue that was the center of everything has been stolen. There you go. So you now you're no longer presented with this this Goblin NPC. 
No, you're dealing with the bar owner who's really mad. There's a there's a big reward for the for the suckers who bring that statue back to this town because that's the only reason people come to visit is to see the Goblin King statue or steal it. What are you all doing here? You're new in town. Where were you last night? Sorry, sir. We uh, just came in off the road and uh, thought we'd stop for a pint and uh, whatever your finest food is. Tell me the menu. Open that backpack you're carrying. Okay, here. Yes, I see. You're bigger than I am. Yep. Uh, uh, see, no oh. statues. Okay, you're fine. Yeah, what do you want for food? Yeah, so you can basically run a whole thing off just like the, the statue's been stolen and the bartender's really angry, and but also needs help. Uh, so yeah, there's that initial conflict of you're new in town, maybe you stole it through ways, you know, however many ways you want to go through, they can prove to this shop owner that yeah. they're not here to steal it, but in fact could help them. Um, and now you've got your, you can, you know, pull out your, your murder she wrote and find yeah. the clues. And my table would turn that into a game where they would start dragging in things in bags that were very large. Like, what do you got there? Oh, just potatoes. And it would be a callback to when we gave them a bunch of potatoes. And he'd be like, that's it, drawing a big axe. And they'd be like, no, look, it's potatoes. Right? We would just keep playing with um, trying to make him think they have they might have it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Uh, two more, Russ. Two more. What if the goblin's hiding? Ooh. And- and it's her sister. It's her sister that you meet, right? So it's two sisters, and yeah. one of them is hiding, and the 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 main sister needs help to find her, right? Mm, um, there it is. Yep. Right, because she's she's afraid that her sister is gonna run away from home forever, and she'll never see her again because of something horrible that the sister said or something that happened and she feels awful and she really wants to find her sister before something bad happens because there are orcs in these woods or whatever. And the goblin wedding is coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she's getting married and she's run away and her sister feels so awful and there was just so much pressure with the wedding. It's a real cold feet thing. I mean, do you, don't you have the wedding in the middle of a pandemic? I don't know. And then I said, well, maybe you should think about everyone else for once. And that was awful and I shouldn't have said it. Yeah. So you could set it up that way. I love it. All right, that's yeah. six. There's a goblin vision, like a fever dream. They've drunk too much. They get a they get a a, a dream or or some sort of spectral image of this goblin doing delivering wine. Yeah, delivering wine. And in their vision, they see that this person um, is uh, uh, is the key to something. Key to um, bringing joy back to the town. Not that joy and wine are directly tied to each other, uh, <laughs> because we never say that. No. Okay. Yeah, I love it. So, so then uh, the vision ends, and they're it's from their goddess, and they feel so like they get this sense that this is their new mission from their goddess. Like they're asked, they have to answer it, and then you roll in a goblin that is a total. Piece of garbage, merchant. Hey, I'm walking here. (laughs) Yeah, I got some wine I can sell you. How much money you got? Right? This wine saves the world. Ah, this guy. (laughs) This guy. So now we're sort of playing with a classic trope of... um, uh, the not Grinch stole Christmas. The other one, the angry guy with the three ghosts of Christmas past and oh, Scrooge. Uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah, Christmas Carol. So now we're playing with this idea of redemption, right? Like, like 
which could be a lot of fun to play. Like, what are the things that could be happening to this goblin that they don't realize if they don't change their ways? Now, yeah, now a very social encounter that you have to take this goblin and your adventurers through, uh, which are oftentimes uh, a lot of. Well, I love social encounters; they're one of my favorite things. Me too. Um, but it, you know, steps your your table away from the traditional combat dungeon dive, all that sort of stuff. Um, even even a lot of these other suggestions, like there's there's a, a heavy combat play. This one would be. Um, you, you have to persuade this person to stop being so terrible. Exactly. Um, yeah. But maybe you get to use, like maybe your goddess grants you a power in order to show this goblin visions and take them through different cool Christmas carol, past, present, future things. And you, you get to meet the people that, and you get to see why they're the way they are, like how they were hurt and they were going to get married and that person left them at the altar or, you know, you get to, you get to start to feel for why this person is the way they are. So that's seven ideas from that one prompt. We didn't, we just, we're seeing this. Well, again, I guess I wrote the prompt, but I don't quite remember. Uh, it was so long ago. Not that I was that, had drank. I don't think I drank that much that night. So you're, you're fine. It, it fine. was just a long time ago that we came up with it, but we didn't, we didn't come up with any of those seven before no. sitting down here. No, we just sort of read it. We're laughing. And then we're like, here we go. So here's <laughs> a cool thing that sort of Russ and I have both learned recently. And Russ before me sort of invited me in. It is a lot easier sometimes to jam on this if you're not alone. Yes. Right? It can be hard sometimes sitting at the table with some postcards and being thinking, oh, I got one idea. So, Russ, why don't you talk about the thing that you started up where you've sort of been bringing together GMs from different tables to, like, meet and and for us to, like, say, hey, what do you need to jam on? Yeah, uh, this started as me sitting in in my silo. Uh, trying to come up with another, you know, hundred mazes to put people through, um, and then <laughs> you I can't thought, fly, what if you it, can't fly above? Yeah, what if it wasn't a maze and I had some other ideas? So I, you know, I asked Sean and Tom, who was around our table, runs games, and some other DMs uh, that I knew who create fun things and present, presented them the the question of, hey, do you have sometimes problems coming up with? with cool, fun solutions to or ideas for your game um, and brought them into a brainstorming group that we get together. I mean, once every couple months, um, we, it doesn't need to be a lot, but everybody comes to the table with one or two ideas that they're either stuck on or they have coming up that they know they want to be big, but know that it's going to take them a bit to come up with a solid idea by themselves and just present the idea and see what flows from everybody else. I try not when I present my idea, I try not to immediately give my first thoughts on it because I like to hear what Sean and Tom and all of them jump on as ways to get outside opinions. Because you only have your your point of view in the world, um, your experiences, your lived experiences, your books you've read. Everybody else has done and completely maybe completely different things that'll draw different media or different life experiences that'll give them a cool way to get through an encounter or to present a new encounter for you. Uh, but find people online uh, in in our Discord, DMs and GMs, all, a whole bunch of them live in there, uh, bounce ideas and come up with some new cool ways to play around your table. Yeah, it can be really helpful. One of the things that can happen is when you're just sort of jamming on a random thing, it's like you can come up with lots of options, but it's there's this energy that happens when you can build off another person that's really fun and you, and you both start laughing. You probably heard us doing it and the ideas just flow. It can be hard to do that sometimes alone and even more so when you feel trapped, you feel stuck within the constraints of your world. Like you've just, you've stacked so many things and they're competing and you're just, 
not you're just like, Ugh, I just I guess I just do another maze or whatever. I remember one of the first sessions I came to, Russ had been given a challenge that had some pretty tight constraints on it. It was it was for a new product that was launching for D and D, Dungeons and Dragons. Um and uh, it had to be done in a certain way under a certain time constraint. And you had to see a certain percentage of time spent in this part of the new module. And like, there were a lot of constraints. Like you just walking through the constraints was like, whoa. Yeah. How much you had to showcase necessarily. Yeah. Um, like they like, wanted to see this how? aspect of it. And right. And and make it all meaningful. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the, that's the hard part. And you're going to bring a random group of people through this and it's going to be recorded. So I think it was a lot of pressure, but here's one of the cool things. When you're feeling pressure of all the constraints, um, it, can feel, it can feel tough. But one of the, the things we now know about brainstorming and creative ideation is that constraints, the stronger the constraints, the easier it is for a group of people to jam ideas. So for example, bringing a bunch of people together and saying, oh, I just want the coolest D&D campaign ever, Russ, help me. It's like, okay. What, what what system? What yeah, like we just have questions. What world? What's, what are you? Yeah, what, like, what's what's presented to you? What players? <laughs> like, like we just have so many questions. We can't jam anything. Yeah. But when Russ laid out all these constraints, it was awesome to see how Tom had an idea, and then I had an idea, and then he built on mine, and I built on his idea, and and Russ was like, "Oh my god, this is what? This is just, yeah, you can't it's do just that." Furious then, writing throughout this whole thing. Yeah. But then Russ was like, "No, that doesn't work in the world." And I'm like, "Well, what if it's spectral?" Or someone what said if? something silly. It's the what ifs that come from that. Yeah, because you you get stuck in those constraints. You're like, well, this is what we need to do. So narrow yeah. focused. But somebody brings the what if then. I think someone said something like, "What if they're all sleeping?" And I remember Rush is going, "That's it!" And he just starts <laughs> scramble writing. He's trying to write all his thoughts that he's having. Like it's not even what we did. It's just that question. Yeah. So, um, it can be a really super way if you're feeling stuck to jam with a friend, like another person who's thinking about starting a table or have a table that's running. Um, one can one of you can have more experience than the other. doesn't matter. You can sort of just have a safe space to jam and help each other. Um, and sometimes your ideas aren't going to end up in what they do, like 90% of the time. But that conversation can be really freeing. Yeah. All Sometimes all it takes is that one one key thought, like they're sleeping and now it's a, now it's a dreamscape that they're going through um, where they're living it and they're feeling it. But but it's but you can jump places quicker. That you was can the go key thing to do things yeah. and see things fast. You can now jump them to new scenes without having to get them through the problem, because like yeah. you had to get everyone. I don't know if that was actually the solution, but it was something like that. But I remember you had to get within a limited two hour time frame all these different spaces and so it was like, what if they don't solve the riddle? Like, you know what I mean? To get out of this first space. Yeah. So find a friend, start up. A, I don't know what we call it. Like, a, what do we call ours? It's just like a. It's just a brainstorming group, a, a writer's session. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was super fun. Uh, I hope you all can sort of take something from that. If not starting your own session, at least seeing how we can jam ideas from a simple idea. Um, so sometimes when you're planning your session, that silly idea that pops in your head don't throw it away. Write it down and be like, if if that's true, what else could be true? And and you you can come up with all these other ideas off it. 
Absolutely. And then come join us in our Discord. Link's down in the description. Um, we've got a whole bunch of really great people who are wanting to and are doing this very thing. Tossing ideas, getting some feedback, building on ideas. Um, you can also join us on Twitter and Facebook and send us your questions to dm2gmcast.gmail.com. We want to answer them for you to help you feel more comfortable playing games around the table. And get started. You can do this. You can do this. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Contact Day is in but a few short months, which means it is time to begin preparations for the Bidecennial Festival. This year, we are celebrating every single one of you living in my beloved Windfall City. It is not our business to question the Queen's will. It is not our business to do anything but follow it. It is you. And your loyalty that has laid the groundwork for this incredible utopian society that we seek for. Do you have any idea what's going on with us? It is the duty of each and every one of you to do everything you can to make the festival a success this year. Are you ready to speak kindly with me now, child? I have no doubt that this year will be one for the history books. And that will be due in no small part to the dedication of my adoring subject. Windfall, a dystopian science fiction podcast from Rogue Dialogue.